Our subject on tonight, sound of the trumpets, sounds of the trumpets. The trumpet of God serves as a wake-up call to the sinners on earth and a call to repentance. Each trumpet blast brings with it a plague or a more disastrous nature than the one before it. The trumpet was always used to the call of God's people. The Feast of Trumpets means on this day, ritual trumpet blast signified the insurance of revelation and a call for Israel to gather for God's word of redemption. Set at the time of Israel's final agricultural harvest, the day also symbolized the Lord's final harvest of souls. Every sound of the trumpet of God, there are follow events to happen on earth in the lives of man. There are several trumpet sounds of events to take place as we approach the end time. When a trumpet sound is a loud noise or blast made and, and, and know that God is not coming silent in the last and evil days. God is going to make some noise and the world will hear what he has to say in the earth. Mankind has ignored God's warning from the beginning of time as if God had not spoken. Well, the whole world will hear what he has to say from this time on to the end. There are several different occasions and different purpose that the trumpets will sound, some for good and some for bad. Here we are, we are trying to be a quiet church, and God is coming with a great shout. And here we are trying to have a quiet salvation, and God said he's going to put you on a hill where you can't be hid. In the Old Testament, God used Moses told Moses that the people had to be sanctified and ready at the sound of the trump before they could come up to the mount. And if you notice, it said that God told Moses to sanctify the people. We got to be sanctified. Whether you want to or not, you're going to be a child of God. If you're going back with God, you're going to have to be sanctified or left behind. If anyone came up and touched the, the border or passed the boundaries that were they were they would die. In this case, the trumpet was used to come into the presence of God. There was also the trumpet of Jubilee and the sabbatical year, a time of solemn rest from the sowing and the reaping. And the time of atonement. There was 
the sound of seven trumpets at the fall of the wall of Jericho. So here the trumpets were the sound of victory. So there are several different uh, aspects or reasons for the sound of the trumpet. As time moves on, the trumpet still operates in the moves of God. Your voice should be lifted up like a trumpet to God. That's why you shouldn't be having those quiet salvation. Come on, somebody. That's why you shouldn't have no quiet praise. Because you're supposed to lift your voice as a trump. We are in a, another dispensation of the sounds of the trumpets of God. Where the dead must hear and a time of disaster where such events of natural catastrophe that causes great damage or loss of life. Events would happen that has unfortunate consequences because of man's refusal to heed to the call of God. So let's look at the sounds of God in the world as we know it. First of all, we'll go to Exodus chapter 19. I will be trying to move quickly because of not a whole lot of scripture, but it's a whole lot of information. Exodus 19. And the verse is... 11 through 13. And it reads thus. And be ready against the third day. For the third day the Lord will come down in the sight of the people up on Mount Sinai. You know I thought about that. On the third day Jesus rose and went back to God. Come on somebody. So it's some significance about the third day. And then it says. And thou shalt set bounds unto the, uh, unto the people round about, saying, Take heed to yourself that you go not up unto the mount, or touch the border of it. Whosoever touches the mount shall be surely put to death. There shall not a hand touch it, but he shall surely be stoned are shot through, that's with an arrow. Whether it be beast or man, you're going to kill anything that touches it. It shall not live. Look what he said though. When the trumpet sound long, they shall come up to the mount. The trumpet gave them the key that they could come into the presence of God. Amen. So, there was significance about the trumpet, and you need to know that there are significant reasons as why the trumpet sound. And here in that verse, uh, let's, did we read 14? Let's read the 14 verse. And Moses went down from the mountain to the people and sanctified the people, and they washed their Oh, so guess what? It does make a difference how we present ourselves to God. Yeah. 
we don't think it is in this new age. We'll come any kind of way. But he told them, sanctify them and wash their clothes. So your appearance before God does matter. God set boundaries that must be obeyed. Get yourself physically and spiritually ready to come before the Lord. Separate yourself is the, is the departing from sin. You were once in when God, when the people of God was with you. You got to separate yourself, not from, you can't separate yourself from the world. You got to separate yourself from the sin that you was involved in. Separate yourself from the sin that you was involved in with the people that you was involved in. But as long as you're in the world, you can't separate yourself from the world unless you plan on being a hermit. Come on now. You got to get yourself prepared to meet God. Separation means get yourself prepared to meet God. And that means separate yourself from the sin that you were once in and the people that you was involved in the process of your sinful life. Come on, somebody. Yes, ma'am. It's to stop doing the things that you used to do and associating yourself with the folks that you used to do it with. Amen? If, 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 if I was a drug addict, what I'm a, if I done changed my life and gone back to God, why am I going to associate myself with the same people that God pulled me away from? See what I'm saying? Because if you don't, you will go back. Amen. You, there's going to be people in the world. You can't separate yourself from everybody. But you separate yourself from the sin that you was in. That caused you not to please God. The separation is to make yourself ready to please God. You see what I'm saying? So, uh. You in the world. You in the world. You can't separate yourself from the world. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. You got to, here you got to sanctify yourself. You can't sanctify the world. You got to sanctify yourself. You got to separate yourself from the life that God pulled you out of. The same thing. Come from among them and be ye separate, said the Lord. In other words, he's saying you can't be saved and still hanging out with sinners. You know, this ain't got nothing to do with business. This has got something to do with personal life. Your personal walk with God. Amen. They're going to be business. And you're going to have to deal with businesses. Amen. You're going to 
going to have to deal with them on a daily basis. But it's about your life. It's what God is calling to be a separation. Go to Exodus chapter 20. Did that answer your question? Go to Exodus 20, 18 through 21. Are we there? And the scripture says, And all the people saw the thundering and the lightning and the noise of the trumpet and the mountain smoking. And when the people saw it, they moved and stood afar. And they said unto Moses, Speak thou with us, and we will hear. But let not God speak with us, lest we die. Lord, have mercy. You know what? When you read them two verses there, God was letting the people know of the lightning and the thundering was God's authority. That's not to be taken lightly. Come on, somebody. And and the people at that time got the understanding. That's why they referred for Moses to talk to them than for God to talk to them. Lord, have mercy. Moses, you talk, you talk to him. Tell, tell him we're listening to you. We'll listen to you. Because if, if God speaks to us, lest we die, lest he get mad at us and kill us. So the man of God always had the job of standing in the gap for the people. You better let God's man stand in the gap for you. So it can be well with your soul. The 20th verse says, And Moses said unto the people, Fear not, for God has come to prove you. You better let God prove you. Huh? You better let God come and do what he come to do in you. Stop getting cross-eyed and looking at somebody else. Let God do what he come to do in you. Let him correct you. Come on now. God come to prove you. And that his fear may be before your face. That you what? That you sin not. The 21st verse says, And the people stood afar off. And Moses drew near unto the thick darkness where God was. He went into the presence of God for the people of God. Ah, you better be glad to have somebody that'll go into the presence of God and state your issue. Because God might not want to hear from you. Uh Huh? Did y'all hear that? God might not want to hear from you. Come on, somebody. So somebody might have to stand in the gap for you. Come on, somebody. Sometime when God has tried and tried and tried and tried and tried and tried to get our attention and we won't listen to what God got to say, he don't want to hear nothing you got to say. Good God Almighty. Then somebody got to stand in the gap for you. Huh? These people, the people of Israel was not dotting every I and crossing every T. 
That's why they didn't want to go in the presence of God in case God would kill them. Moses, you go in and talk for us, please. Go to Joshua chapter 6 real quick. As this lesson go on, it gets deeper and deeper. Amen. Uh, Joshua chapter 6, verses 1 through 5. Let's read them, please. Now Jericho was straight shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out, and none came in. And the Lord said unto Joshua, See, I have given unto thine hand Jericho, and the king thereof, and the mighty men of value. And ye shall compass the city, and all you men the war, and go around about the city once. Thus shalt thou do six days. And the seventh priest shall bear forth the ark. Seven, somebody said trumpets. They're going to bear seven trumpets of ram horns. And the seventh day you shall compass the city seven times. And the priest shall blow with the trumpet. And it shall come to pass that when they make a loud blast with the ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the walls of the city shall fall flat, and the people shall ascend up every man straight. They were supposed to open their mouth until they heard the trump of God. And when they heard the trump of God, God said, then that's when you're going to give a shout huh? and the wall going to come down. Now, I need to tell you that this was not just no little ordinary wall. When I got to researching about the wall, the wall was 25 feet tall. And not only was it 25 feet tall, it was 20 feet deep. Lord, have mercy. 20 feet deep, you can almost put a house on the wall. Amen. So this just wasn't no weak wall that God was going to bring down. And this wall was where the soldiers posted and they could see for miles of anybody approaching the city of Jericho. But God was making an undeniable clear that the battle wasn't dependent upon the children of Israel, but they had to follow the instructions of the Lord. And when they blew the trumpet and the people shout, God was going to blow the wall down. It wasn't the trumpet that blowed it down. It wasn't the shout of the people that blowed it down. It was the power of God that brought it down. The instruction that God gave the people for them to follow that they could see the mighty hand of God. You can't see the mighty hand of God if you don't follow his instructions. Come on, somebody. Verse 10 says, Neither any word proceed out of your mouth until the day I bid you to shout. Then you, you got to shut up until God tell you to speak. Come on, somebody. Watch how you shout out a turn. 
this thing going into the, the, these last and evil days is going to be tight. Y'all hear me? And, 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 and God going to bring consequences quick. They're not going to linger on for a long time anymore. Because we're too close to the end. Come on, somebody. So, don't say a word. Don't make a noise. You just walk the wall. Huh? Jane, they up on the wall. And never know that me and you might have an attitude about folks saying something to us. But we walking around the wall by the instructions of God. They shouting from the wall, hey you. Hey old man, why don't you go somewhere and sit down? God told you not to say a word. Then one of them four-letter words come in your mouth. I tell you what you can do, da 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 da. You done messed up. You done messed up the process that God had going on. And in that case, God something would have told Joshua, go back to the camp because what I told you to do is not going to be done because they violated my instruction. Amen. Verse 16 says, And it came to pass on the seventh time when the priest blew with the trumpet, Joshua said unto the people, Shout, for the Lord has... So guess what? If they didn't follow the instructions of God, they would have never got the city. If they didn't follow the instructions of God, the wall wouldn't have never came down. God would have withheld his breath. Because you didn't do what I said do. Amen. So watch what instruction that God give you. And try your level best to follow it to the teeth. Come on somebody. Sometimes your blessing is in the balance on that. Sometimes your elevation is in the balance on that. Because God want to know how well can you follow instruction. Because he can't send you nowhere if you can't follow instruction. He can't invest his power in you if you can't follow instruction. Because guess what? You're going to mess up somebody. Come on now. Go to Matthew chapter 24 right quick. Matthew 24, verses 29 through 31. Am I right? Let's read that. Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened, and the moon shall not give her light, and the stars shall fall from heaven, and the power of this is going to happen in the book of Revelation. The sun is going to be darkened. 
Not like you know the cause the full eclipse. No, this is going past the eclipse. Come on, somebody. It's going to be so dark that you ain't going to be able to see. Amen. And not only that, and the sun's going to be dark. And so in other words, you ain't going to be able to tell day from night. The moon ain't going to give no light. You know if the moon don't give no light, you know it's shown up going to be pit black dark. Then he turned around and said, and the stars going to start falling from heaven. Wow. And the powers of heaven shall be shaken. Sound like a noise, don't it? Sound like a rumble that's going to be going on in the heavens. It sounds like some stuff that's going to frighten man during near to death. Just the sound of it. You can't hardly take the sound of thunder and lightning now. What when it get on a large scale? When your whole house gets to shaking behind the thundering and lightning of God. You talking about power outages? You ain't seen power outage yet. Not like it's going to be. God allowed to blow up plantations. Power plantations. Where they can't get no power to you. When God get ready to come, it's going to be a mess. And he's going to be in total control. Amen. But look what he said in the first verse. Huh? The third. Okay, the third. And then shall appear the signs of the Son of Man. Catastrophes got to happen for Jesus' return. The world has got to be in a chaotic situation before Jesus' return. Then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. And then shall all the tribes of the you gonna be ooh, all the tribes of the earth gonna be mourning, huh? All of you gonna be hollering the world and come to an end because of the sound that he gonna make when he returns. Because he's coming back with a sound. He ain't coming back quiet. When he come back, the whole world going to know that he has returned. And he said that the whole earth is going to be mourning. Lord, have mercy. is that amazing? And they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory Lord Hammer with power and great glory in great glory is the brilliancy and the splendor of it all hey it won't be here just like he said the church sitting up on the hill shall not be here he won't be here either the brightness of his coming will not be here the whole world gonna see the brightness of his coming Come on, somebody. 
Then look what he said in the 31st verse. And he shall send his angels with a great sound of a what? Oh, the trumpet still got to blow. The great sound of the trumpet, and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. My God, that great getting up day going to come with the sound of a trumpet. Every time God sounds a trumpet, something is about to happen. Did y'all hear that? Sound of the trumpet. God is making another divine movement in the heavens. This is a move that you want to be a part of when God gather all of his elect worldwide. Come on now. For some, it would be too late to realize you have been on the wrong side. You may be one that is lazy in your work for Christ or those that choose to keep sinning to the end. You know, some people like to play along the edge as long as we can get away with it. But if we keep playing along the edge, the edge is going to catch up with us. But there will be there will not be any last minute salvation. I don't care what nobody tell you. You ain't going to get to heaven in no last minute. Get that out your head now. You're going to be a prepared people for a prepared place. If you ain't prepared, you ain't going. You can holler about the thieves on the cross as long as you want them. You wasn't hanging on no cross either. Huh? You wasn't there the day that Jesus died either. <laughs> and now he said, I call all men to repent. So don't you get none of this last minute salvation in your mind. You're going to be ready for this. Here he come, ready or not. Your choice of faith and eternal destination will be already made up when Jesus comes. Wherever you're going, it's already been, it's already been inked in. That really ain't going to be no last-minute salvation. When Jesus comes back, what all you ain't got done won't get done. All that you didn't do that you supposed to did won't get done. When he get ready to come back, all work stops. Lord, have mercy. Huh, James? You know how it is when you're on your job. When the clock said it's time to get off, all work stop. You go over without any authorization, you ain't getting paid. And you might get reprimanded. Because you know what time you're supposed to get off the clock. When this clock stops, all work stops. Come on, somebody. Ah. When, and he would send out his angels with a loud trumpet call. Hmm. And guess what? Only his elect is going to hear this trumpet call. <laughs> He's going to send out the call, and they will gather his elect 
his chosen ones from the four winds, even from one end of the universe to the other. You got to make sure you're in the number. Come on now. This ain't no time to throw out any of God's word. You got to eat it. Even when it's bitter to you, you still got to eat it. Come on, somebody. Because it wouldn't be so bitter if we were doing what God tell us to do. So he had to sometime make it bitter for us in order for us to realize that I'm not playing. Come on now. So, if you would, stuff together. Let's go to Matthew 13 verses 38. Matthew 13 starting at the 38th verse. And I think it reads down through the 43rd. Let's read, please. Wait a minute, 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 wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let's do 37 verse. He answered and said unto them, He that soweth the good seed is the son. You got to have some good seeds in your life. Huh? Come on, somebody. God has got to be to put something in you. You got to be productive. Did y'all hear that? A seed must produce a harvest. 38 verse says, The field is the world. The good seeds are the children of the kingdom. But the tares are the children of the wicked. Don't you be no tares. Come on, somebody. You know a tire is a lookalike. Come on now. You can sit in the church and be a lookalike all you want to, but when it comes down time for pulling the harvest, God knows a tire. 39th verse said, The enemy that sold them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the world. And the reapers are the angels. The devil sows the tarot. Don't allow him to use your mind and cause havoc in the church. Because guess what? Then you become a tarot and God got a place for you. The 40th verse says, And therefore the tarots are gathered. Did y'all see what he going to do with the tares? The lookalikes is going to burn. Huh? The ones that won't keep up with their consecration and sanctification in God is going to burn. And he said, so shall it be in the end of the world. The son of man shall send forth his angels. And they should gather out of his kingdom all things, all things that what? All things that are fed, he going to pluck them up by the root. Ain't that what you do with a tarot? 
You don't cut a tear off because you don't want it to produce, come back and produce more tear. So he going to pluck you up by the roots. Everything that offended him, he going to pluck it out. He said, I'm going to pluck it out of my kingdom. Oh, Lord, where is this kingdom? The church. You don't become a tear. Because he's going to pluck you out. You might sit in the building, but you will not enter into the universal church. Did y'all hear me? So the man shall send forth his angels, and they shall gather out of his kingdom all things that offend. And them which do what? Those that continue to stay. It's, it's time now. If we're in sin, it's time now to get out of it. Get out while the getting is good. Because after a while, you ain't going to be able to get out. Come on, somebody. Because once the, the, the enemy grabs a hold to your mind, do you think he is willing to let it go? He's going to try to drag you as deep in it as he can, day by day. Better remember what Jesus told Peter. The devil desires to have you to sift you as wheat. That's a little bit at a time till he get all of you. Come on, somebody. Well, 42 verse says, And he shall cast them in a furnace of fire, and thou shalt be and gnashing of teeth. Come on, somebody. Then shall the righteous shine forth as sun in the kingdom. Who had ears to hear, let him hear. You better open up your ears. <coughs> you better open up your ears and hear what the word of God says. Ain't none of my word. You know, you ain't got to do nothing I, I tell, tell you to do because it ain't none of my word. But if you're spitting out the word of God, you're in trouble. Huh? Come on now. He that knoweth to do good and do it not to him, it is sin. So you know too much. Woo! You know too much about the word of God. I know too much about the word of God. So guess what? We left without an excuse. <laughs> Amen. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Now, what's happening is we getting down to where the trumpets change. Hmm. The trumpet changes for the better of the people of God. Come on, somebody. First Corinthians 15, starting at verse 51. Are we there? Let's read verse 51. Behold, I show you a mystery. 
We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. And guess what? This change that's got to take place is not for everybody. This change that's got to be taking place is not for the terror. Uh-oh. Huh? This change that's got to take place is for the people of God, those that are an inheritance in the kingdom. 52 says, in a moment, in a twinkling. Wait a minute. Let's stop right there. In the moment, in a twinkling. How is you going to get some last minute salvation? If this thing gonna happen so quickly, how in the world are you gonna get saved at the last minute? How are you gonna make some changes at the last minute? Ain't nothing in your life you're gonna be able to white out. Ooh. You gotta get it erased. And only body can erase it is God. Ain't gonna be no whitewashing. Did y'all hear that? Because this thing is going to happen so quick. Huh? It's going to happen so quick that it's going to be, you're going to miss some folks. Or some folks going to miss you. Depending on what, what's the condition of you. I want to come up missing. <laughs> come on, somebody. I want to be able to say, I can't find him. At a twinkling of an eye. When? At the last trump. For the trump shall sound. And the dead shall rise incorruptible. And we shall be evidently. The change is going to come behind a noise. The trumpet is going to sound. Oh Lord have mercy. Pastor for a trumpet to sound for the dead to hear. It's got to be a noise coming. That the dead is going to hear the sound of the trumpet. Wow. Don't let nobody fool you out of your salvation. Huh? Come on, somebody. For the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall rise uncorruptible, and we shall be changed. You got to put on a change. You got to put on a change starting now in order to, to enjoy the, the, the eternal change that's coming. Come on now. We can't stay like we is and then expect for this change to happen in for us. Come on now. Ain't nobody going to sneak past God. Nobody. Not a, not a one. Come on now. Out of all the people in the world, there would not be one that get past God. So don't you think you're going to get past him? Fifty third third verse said, For the corruptible must put on incorruption, and the mortal must put on immortality. So guess what? That which perish must be changed. That which is mortal must be changed to immortality. Wow. 
You ain't, you, you ain't taking your nasty flesh to glory. It ain't going. So why you keep pampering on it? It's got to be changed. And you got to do a changing process now in order to get this change later. 54 verse says, And when this corruptible has shall be put on incorruptible, and this mortal shall be put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death. Now hold it. Now, when your corruptible self has got to put on incorruption, so now that you see that how God sees us as being corrupt, so therefore we got to live and practice being a sanctified life set aside for God in order for us to endure and have this incorruptible life change. Are we going to stay corrupt? If we corrupt when he come, we're going to stay corrupt. And then your mortal shall put on immortality. But see, we make too many provisions for our flesh that we can't please God. Amen. And the worst part about it, we don't care. The worst part about it, we act like we don't care whether we please God or not. But we want to go to a God heaven. And we ain't going. We're not going. Unless in God see a difference in us, that we have dropped it, that we have forsaken, have we forsaken all for God? And unless we've forsaken it, we ain't going. I found out reading this book, he ain't playing. He said what he mean, and he mean what he said. Amen. You better look around the world. There's a lot of people in the world now that died with crocodile tears. But did you think that made him start crying? Over 500,000? And this is just a tip in the iceberg of what's coming down the pipe. I believe that if they felt that they had just another opportunity to get out of that bed and do it all over again, they would, but they didn't get it. They did not get it. They never came out of the hospital. And you think we got time to shuck and jive? No, baby. Death is right around the corner. Fifty-six verse says, "And the strength of sin, huh? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin." 
is the law. You go back to the law. Wow. When Jesus then brought you grace and mercy, you decide you'll go back to the law. Wow. Amen. And when you go back to the law, if you violate one, you don't violate it all. You better let grace and mercy find you. Yeah, we did. Well, we can go back and do it. Oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through a... Where you gonna get it from? If you don't get it from Jesus Christ, you ain't getting no victory. All the brethren. If you walking in yourself, you ain't gonna get no victory. Wow. 58 says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the works of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. You better be unmovable from this gospel. You better be unmovable from what God called you to do. You better be steadfast in your walk with God. This thing is tight. But you wearing it like a loose garment. But it's tight. Come on, somebody. Only body making excuses for it is you. Because God ain't making none. And not only is he not making none, he ain't accepting none. Come on now. You, you, you start to holler about, oh, but God knows my heart. He sure do. What did he say about it? It is evil and what? Desperately wicked. Who can know it? If you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless... <laughs> God told you you're going to have me running up out of here. <laughs> It'll do that when you when the Wi-Fi. <laughs> hey. <laughs> That's how God coming in. On a well. <laughs> Let's go to uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. 